ladies, ladies, holy hammer. I just got off a call and recording this podcast with the amazing Nicole Matheson. I was going to schedule this chat for a couple of weeks time, but it was that powerful that I'm like uploading it right now because I believe that if you are in a relationship or ever hope to be in one, then you're going to get something out of today's conversation. If you are feeling how I'm feeling now and just like, whoa, after you listen to it, please let us know. Introducing Nicole Matheson, you're going to love it. Nicole Matheson, thank you so, so much for joining us here today. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> I always, I'm going to laugh because what everyone probably doesn't know, or maybe they do, is that we have a quick little chat before we, um, we get on a podcast or something like this, just to make sure everyone's on the same page. So it always feels like a bit douchey to then like, hi, <laughs> when we've already said it. But anyway... <laughs> Thank you so much. I know we're not going to run out of things to say. In fact, it's probably going to be, um, we're probably going to go over. And that's because um, you are so multifaceted awesome. Can you please share with my beautiful community here who you are and what you do? Because the, you've taken quite the, the journey to get to uh-huh. the relationship coach extraordinaire that you are now. Yes, I have. Oh, my Lord. Um, So now I am a relationship coach for women Mm -hmm. and I help women feel more connected in their intimate relationships. So feel more harmonious and secure, communicate without fear, um, bring back the desire, the attraction to their partner. So that's kind of my my niche. It's people in long-term relationships, marriages, that kind of thing that I kind of specialize in. But I also do a lot of, you know, should I stay or should I go? Because often connecting people back in with their intimate relationship has to start with the relationship with self. And oh, yeah. that can't that that intimacy can't actually happen with their current partner. It's a thing of the future or whatever. So Yes, I'm absolutely loving where I'm landing right now and this work. And um, but yes, it's been a long journey to get here. I I suppose it it was kind of all started with two major life crises. So one when I was about oh, 29, 30, recently wed. Um, you know, going these should be the happiest yeah. days of my life. Oh. <laughs> I'm young. Yeah. I, I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm just married to the love of my life. Um, and I was having like a mini nervous breakdown in the form of mainly it showed through my body, like just basically crunching down on me to the point where, you know, I had to do, uh, I had to get a, a home visit from the physio one day because I was wow. so, I couldn't get out of the house. And then I realized I had to open the door to the physio and I couldn't actually get to the door because I was so sore. Like, okay, something's going on. But basically it was like it was a pressure cooker effect and I had all the symptoms. I had the migraines. My face was actually twitching with stress. Um, And really it was just a shame cocktail. Like I just could not, would not look at myself having a relationship with me. And it was all, I was living this kind of, yes, I'm fine, life, you know, <laughs> facade life. Um, so that was the first kind of wake-up call, and that set me in the direction of kinesiology because someone in their wisdom sent me to a kinesiologist at that point in time when I was just in total stress mode. Yeah. And it was the first time I kind of went, oh, yes, this is about what's going on inside. This is about me not wanting to look at myself. This is not about the physical symptoms at all, you know. Yeah. Kinesiology was like 
this window into the whole person, my, you know, my inner work, my emotions, my psychology, my soul, like the true me and that and finding that connection to self. Um, and so I went on a journey, studied it because I was like, what is this magic? Like, how does it even work? I need to know and yeah. turned that into, you know, a career. Um, but, but pretty soon into that, I, I realized it, kinesiology wasn't exactly a direct hit for me. And mm-hmm. I started calling myself a kinesiologist slash intimacy coach, a kinesiologist slash <laughs> sensuality coach, a kinesiologist slash relationship coach. And, you know, just really so interested in in women and relationships and our intimate relationships and that intimacy with me and myself but also with a partner and how how connected those those are and um and then the second major life crisis which was basically relationship struggle um me and my partner you know having two little kids and feeling just so disconnected so disengaged so lacking in like a real palpable sense of love and attraction and desire for him and my libido just really crashing on me. Um, And the wake-up call was actually um, him reaching for me in bed to be intimate and that being the trigger for a panic attack. Like, (laughs) Wow, I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) okay something's going yeah. on here yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, thank so, yeah thank goodness you had that insight into what that could possibly be and to dive deeper well I think the thank you for saying that and that's true but the years before that was d- denial 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 no problem here I'll be fine I'll just grin and bear it whatever yeah. Um, to the point of panic attack, like panic attack was the, my my system saying this is the last straw, honey. Like yeah. no more. Yeah. And um and I was like, okay. And at this stage, I'm a I'm a healer. I'm a therapist. I'm a kinesiologist. So I'm like, I shouldn't have any problems. So my ego was like a bit of a block. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm the one who helps people. I don't have, <laughs> you know. I know that story. Yeah. <sighs> great one like that's that's actually resistance right there so Mm -hmm. um so yeah when I finally got over that and went hang on I've actually got a lot of tools I'm in a really good place to actually you know go deeper on this and let this be a real healing um opportunity so that's what I did and I um that whole journey of just like actually having to be honest with my partner and go, there's some shit going down and I actually need your help um, was a big turning point. And, you know, it was about actually getting intimate with what was going on with me so that I could be intimate with my partner. And, yeah, and so actually it's only been recently, like in the last two years, that I've ditched the kinesiology side of it because I've realised that it's it's actually just – you know, watering down my real passion, which is relationships. And um, it's so, so great to be landed to feed in this realm and and to be helping women um, in their relationships. Yeah. How fluffing glad am I that that is what you're doing. And I'm sure <laughs> that every woman is just like, giving themselves the giant exhale like oh I know I'm in the right place with this listening to this podcast today because you know so often like in relationships especially if you've been in a a long-term partnership Mm -hmm. and you hit that hump and things become you start to disconnect or paths you know like veer apart um, Mm -hmm. a little bit we think that's normal we think that, oh, you've just got to grin and bear it and we hope that one day it'll rectify itself. But how often is that the case, like that it just naturally well, comes back into, you know, wedded bliss or partnered bliss? Never. Ne- I, mean, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think it doesn't happen on its own, but, God, it doesn't take all that much effort is what I've discovered. Like, really, if we turn our energy to it, there's a lot we can do. 
and um and that's what i'm passionate about is like giving women the the guidance the tools the skills to know what it is to actually do in those moments you so know because wh- like what sort of things like i guess it's different things? for everyone but yeah well it it does differ for everyone but i i i'm kind of on our a couple of rants at the moment so bear with me one re- we need to re- release resentment you know because that shit builds and yeah. like you say it doesn't release itself like it will just keep building and building and building and it is a big screen that comes between us or a big heavy weight that we're carrying and it, it, it makes our threshold really, really high so that, you know, all it takes is the tiniest little thing because we're carrying this whole past history and story and um, it means we're not actually communicating in the present with our partner. So we've got to actually take that shit into our own hands rather than just go, oh, you know, yeah, it should, it should sort itself out, all these shoulds, right? Yeah, time will help, time will help. I'll just bury that one under the carpet. Yeah. Doesn't it doesn't work like that? Like we actually and, and I'm a be I rave on a lot about taking responsibility, mm-hmm. taking our own responsibility. Self responsibility is big. Um, I'm also big for scaffolding. That's my new favorite. Oh, what is scaffolding? Oh, well, scaffolding is basically you know we have a we have a little point of friction for example or a point of trigger in our relationship so recently i had a client um whose point of friction was houseworkish you know which is a point of friction for a lot of us so you know i could be talking about myself right and and so we spent uh, a big proportion of her session thinking about how we can scaffold that point of friction so that before she's feeling that overwhelm, she's doing things already to to help. While she's feeling that overwhelm, what can she do to help? After she's feeling that overwhelm, what can she, you know, it, we're just working, we're building around that point of friction mm-hmm. so that she feels so much more empowered and in control. That's Sorry, it's simple. It's really simple. That's so good because I've been having um, like it's the fact that you said about the housework. I've had at least four or five conversations with my girlfriends. This is not in client respect about um, the as much as they love their partners and they're in this this notion. We all know that it should be fifty fifty um in the way that things go and you know an equal partnership however the home load and the um raising of the kids and the doing of the things and the organizing of the things generally falls mostly on the mother especially in that early stage not for Mm. everyone but in a lot of women who don't have that (laughs) yeah i'm like how Exactly. So how it's really challenging mm-hmm. not to, you know, feel res- like resentful towards your partner or a partner if they feel like they're pulling equal weight, but you don't feel like you're getting enough support. And then, you know, it's mm-hmm. like this, you would see it all the time. Like how, mm-hmm. like that's a tricky thing to move through without, you know, ending up nagging, like, because you don't want to do that either. No. But... no. So I, I, yeah, I love this question and absolutely. I think this is one of the biggest struggles of our time because I feel, you know, our parents' generation didn't really have this, this the same concoction of, of expectations that we do, right? Like it was much more, you know, the woman's still doing the housework load and that to be expected yeah a lot of it is about expectations you know and we expect 50 50 we expect equality in the house and we are not getting it like the stats yeah tell us you don't get it and you talk to anyone like you know like you were saying like it's it's not happening in our houses so it is a massive issue for us and in fact this was one of my big issues um, in my marriage because I was just like, okay, like this is what I can keep getting really pissed off about 
Yeah. This is what is getting me to the point of like, should I stay or should I go within my own head, not within my actual conversations with him, but in my own head. The escape plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is this housework something that I want to destroy the connection I have with my partner? Is it, is it worthy of that? You know, and maybe it is, maybe it's not, but that's a good question. That's a big question. But um, I think there are a lot of ways to sort of reframe this. And um, I think reframing is really important. Um, what, one big sort of wake-up call I had on this front was actually when we were traveling. Um, we did a three-month holiday around France a few years, five years ago four years ago, and um, I said to my husband before we left, I was like, honey, I just want to say I don't want to be the one who's always thinking about what we're going to have for dinner and then doing the cooking because for three months we're both on holidays, like that would really piss me off. So just saying, like this is a month out from the holiday, like just know, seeing it coming, Yeah. like, Let's not make that happen. He's like, of course not, honey. Like, no, we're on holidays, absolutely. But do you know what I discovered when we were on holiday? Was that, yeah, he would think about it, but he would think about when he's hungry at 7 p.m. Oh, uh-huh. And this is what this is what we struggle with, right? Because we yeah. started thinking about it at 7 a.m. Yeah. We know it's in the fridge. We know whether we have to pass by the supermarket to to pick up stuff to make that dish. Yeah. And um, and they're like at 7 p.m. going, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll cook. Yep. Um, okay, what do we got? Oh, nothing's out of the freezer. Oh, I need to go to the shops. Oh. And we're like, oh, my yes. God. Yes. Oh, this is going to be equal. Yeah. And I, I was so pissed off because three, week three weeks into our beautiful holiday that, you know, we'd saved every penny for and it was going to be bliss, I was fuming because yeah. – it wasn't equal. And I spent a whole day of my precious holiday fuming, being really pissed off. And I don't know what happened, but something slapped me on the head and I just went, oh, do you know what? It's okay. And the reason it was okay is because actually thinking about what I could make from the ingredients that we have in our carrier bags going from place to place is so easy for me. It's super yeah. easy. Like I can just do that in a heartbeat. It's not actually effort for me to do that. Whereas to expect my husband to have the skill to think about it at 7 a.m., it's not even a skill. It's like, I don't know, <laughs> the wiring Yeah, is ridiculous really because he's just not wired that way. Meanwhile, he knew everywhere we our new destination how long it was going to take us where we would need to find petrol who we were going to contact he did every single bit of driving like and we did thousands of kilometers and i was feeling guilty to not offer in that realm like i was resentful in my own realm and guilty in his realm and that's just not helpful to anyone that's just (laughs) ridiculous and so i realized that he was in his superpower over there in his realm and I could just let that be, let him do it all. I'll just go, honey, I don't, I don't want to drive. I don't want to know where we have to go. Just take me. How good's that? Oh, and I nice. be in my superpower realm over here and remember water bottles and jumpers for the kids and who needs a snack when because seriously, it was no effort on my part to do that. And I just went, oh, I don't actually want 50-50 I want team and we are a great team. We're great. That's so powerful and important Mm -hmm. because do we like, oh, do we really need 50-50 in every single aspect? No. Like we we think we want it. Perhaps Mm -hmm. we just want recognition or acknowledgement. Yeah, that's it. And that's what I've come to is like actually I just want him to go, how are things in your realm? Like, is there anything I can yes. support you in? Or, or you're doing a great job over there. That's all I want, actually. And that's, oh, I love that. Because oh, mm-hmm. there'll be women here going, but then, but, but then, 
but there's always the buts because there's assholes right there's pricks taking advantage and that's not cool but mine is not one of those and I was spending so much time resentful and cranky at a really good man who's hard working and knows his stuff in his realm so it's about focusing on the strengths Uh the superpowers yeah the superpowers I love that so much um there's a book out called Intimate communion out when I say out it's probably about 15 years 20 years old um fairly intimate recent communion <laughs> yeah fairly recent intimate communion by David Daida and he talks about the three phases of relationship and I love these three phases the first one is the power oh, I can't remember what he calls it but something like the power struggle and the second is 50 50 mm. and 50 50 is like you know, you have to you have to kind of divide your relationship up into tasks and who does what. And, and then he talks about the third realm of relationship, which is intimate communion. It's like you don't need to be vigilantly checking for who's done what. It's beyond, you know. It's, it's like softening into who we really are and, yeah, like our superpowers and loving each other for that. Because it's so easy to create a score sheet yes. in your mind. Ali. Oh, about like, well, I've done this and I've done that. And then, mm. you know, and then that's that's just, again, you're holding on to resentment, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You start to resent them and then there's that cycle. So how, because I know you have a workshop called Release mm. Resentment, which sounds phenomenal. How, mm-hmm. like if if you could just give us one or two things on mm-hmm. being able to do that like how like, release resentment yeah mm. Mm. rabbit hole okay <laughs> let me let me <laughs> let me think of just one or two things um okay so firstly I think we hold on to resentment like we could let go of resentment right but we don't <laughs> Why do we so hold on to it? Why do we hold on? Yeah, why do we hold on to it? We hold on to it to punish. We hold on to it because we feel justified in uh, in kind of feeling a sense of separation from our partner. Mm-hmm. We hold on to it to protect ourselves. And we're protecting ourselves from this sense of hurt around connection. Okay. It's all about connection. Connection is what we want. Yeah. Right? And so we we think we're resentful about, you know, where he put your dirty laundry or uh, not put anything away or left the cupboard doors open. I don't know. Like we think we're resentful about this. (laughs) not about that (laughs) it's actually about our need to feel them here for us it's all about connection it's always about connection we want to feel safe secure and so what if um what if oh and I've totally taken away from your your a couple of well no it's that acknowledgement isn't it Mm -hmm. how to move through resentment it's that acknowledgement of is it actually about his filthy protein shake container on the kitchen bench or am I actually, what's actually going on here? Is that one of the ways that? I think that what we do as women, we're really good at this, is is going that filthy protein shake container that I've asked him 10 times not to leave there and he's still leaving there must be a sign that he doesn't care about my needs. Mm. So this com- it always comes back to am I secure and safe? This guy doesn't care about my needs. If he doesn't care about what preferences I have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, I think communication and acknowledgement and repair are like the three big uh, keys to getting beyond living in resentment communication is we need to be assertive and we need to learn how to communicate without nagging because nagging is has never worked for any woman to get more of what she wants and only ever worked to 
get less of what we want. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, true. It work. It does not work. We need to stop. Um, it's very easy to nag because we're pissed off. We're, we're up, you know, our threshold is full. But we need to learn to communicate assertively and clearly. And um, I say as well, we need to have needs but not be needy. So when we have needs, it's coming from knowing what we really want, need, um, what is important to us and communicating that. But when we're needy, it's like this, it comes from lack and expectation. Mm. So when we can communicate assertively what we need, why we need it, without that emotion, without that manipulation, um, we're not putting our partner on the defensive. Because the minute they're nagged or they feel criticized, they're on the defensive and they're pulling away from you, which is less of what you want. Gee. Okay. I'm like flashbacking to like so many things here. One of my beautiful friends, I remember I was saying before, like I've got so many little questions here written down. How do we learn to communicate when we're both really shit at it? was one of my <laughs> friend's um, questions and I was like, I'm totally asking that because it's it's such a tricky one. It's like a, you know, it's easy to feel um, victimised or um, attacked and then, of course, we then get on our back foot and, you know, like is there, how do we both learn to communicate when we're so shit at it? Like... <laughs> It's hard. It's so hard. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that communication is the one skill that if we want good relationships, healthy, thriving relationships, we really need to look at it, how we're communicating. And, in fact, Harville Hendricks, who has written Get the Love You Want and has this amazing relationship coaching um, therapy um, practice, he says he's actually not doing anything but teaching communication now because he reckons it's the only skill we need, you know, in relationships. It's that important. I'd believe that. All he's doing is teaching communication. Wow. Like, wow, okay, let's jump on that because it is. It's so important. Um, and, look, there's all, these, there's all these rules. I just wrote down a list, of, a list of rules for a client. I was like, okay, here are your rules. <laughs> Your rules of engagement. <laughs> yeah. Rules of engagement, right? We need rules. And we do because, okay, rule number one is do not communicate when you are triggered. Mm-hmm. Do not. Your only job when you are triggered, and by triggered I mean flushed, angry, pissed off. Um, and if you're like that all the time, okay, you know, we've got, we got some work to do. But, hey, um, there'll be time. There will be little windows when you're not pissed off. So you communicate then. When you're triggered, you need to calm yourself down and get clear. That's your only job. You do not have to sort this shit out whilst angry because you won't sort this shit out whilst angry. You'll actually make it worse. So that's rule number one. Yeah. I love that rule. Yeah. Yeah. It's a goodie. Rule number two is, look, it just depends on the situation so much, but basically – you to communicate well we need to listen well we need to acknowledge them and that is the secret mm. and and that's really hard when you're pissed off right so hard it, it's <laughs> actually it actually opens everything up so the um the gottmans i've done the gottman training and their key to it is to for one person this I like this activity because it kind of it shows the keys and the rules of of how to actually communicate one person takes um a notepad and a pencil and the other person gets 10 minutes to talk oh I've heard this yeah keep going keep going yeah so the person with the notepad and the pencil their job is to get the key point down and to make sure they have the other person's, um, you know, they understand the other person's points. So at the end of the 10 minutes or the, of the person speaking, 
their job is to go, okay, okay, did I get this right? Is this how you're feeling? Is this what you're thinking? Is this your idea? And then to ask, okay, so what's the most important thing that you want to say here? There is no but, 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 or that's not true, or it's all reflected back at is this what you're trying to say? And so the other person, their job is to not attack, not criticize, and to start with I statements, you know? So it's not a 10-minute rant of attack to the partner. It's, It's this is what's going on for me. This is why it was important. This is why I reacted like that, you know? It's kind of like you get your time that's uninterrupted and then you swap, of course. And Harville Hendricks with his Imago therapy, he has his own version of that. It's very similar um, where you're just reflecting back and forth. Is this what you were saying? And basically often these relationship you know, experts, they're saying reflect back. Is this what you're trying to say? Did I hear you right? One of my favorite books is Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. It's a goodie. That does sound good. Like the ultimate goal, nonviolent communication. (laughs) Because we can get so aggressive and so passive aggressive and no one's really listening when it gets to that stage. So I love the very civilized notion. And I know you're going to feel a bit wanky and dicky sitting down and someone having the notepad okay. that's going to feel like like so foreign initially but we're not here to make it's not going to be comfortable regardless so no. better to be uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the aims of a positive outcome with mm-hmm. the goal being to be heard then yeah, and, and ideally you're not doing this for the rest of your life you're learning how to listen and you're learning how to reflect back and you're learning how to acknowledge your partner and once you've got that you don't have to have the notepad and pen and 10 minutes and the timer and all that stuff. You know, this is just to yeah. learn skills. I heard an interview with um, Dr. Gottman where he said his wife went for like over two hours one time and he was sat there <laughs> writing just nonstop for two hours while she got off of her chest everything <laughs> that she needed to do around like with this thing. And the, the guy who was interviewing was like, like, you just took notes for two hours. He's like, that's what she needed. I was yes. like, okay, that oh is brilliant. Like, <laughs> goals. But imagine going, my man was willing to do that for me. Oh, like, after totally. half an hour, he didn't go, oh, come on, honey. Yeah. Isn't that enough? Yeah. And because some, oh. like, we, you know, there's, we've got a lot of shit to say sometimes and yeah. better out than in. Okay, so. Better out and rather than under the carpet. Oh, God. So I don't even want to know. Um, <laughs> okay, so communication. So that is so, so we've got the rules of engagement starting to be laid out there. Mm-hmm. Now, back to resentment for a second. Mm-hmm. Trust, like, I mean, there's one thing to be peeved about the Tupperware on the kitchen sink, but when you're fully, like your trust is betrayed or broken or there's been, you know, you've been lied to or something along that nature, like one of the big ones, Mm -hmm. how do you move through that? Like, is it possible to regain trust in a relationship where the foundation's been kicked Mm -hmm. Oh, God. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the answer is yes and no, and it really depends on it. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I love Esther Perel. She's one of my heroes, yes. and she says that relationship is over and a new one, we, we can start a new one here. Like nice. if the betrayal has been that, that bad, you don't want to stay in that old relationship with those old patterns, with those old you know, agreements, there's a brand new relationship with brand new agreements that's starting right now. And you can, you can step into that, um, and that new agreement, uh, and see how it goes, you know, I mean, not every relationship is meant to last, like, it's just not. And, um, trust is so important. It's so vital. So important. And I think even people who haven't had the big betrayal, it's like tiny little betrayals, like 
trust is so big. And and I was actually just listening to a podcast, a Mark Groves one, and he was talking about he was talking to a guy who does men's retreats and um, the men complaining about how their women aren't you know opening up in the bedroom and you know yeah wanting, you know and um, and he was kind of saying well. Well, mate, you've been saying you're going to go to the gym and you've not been doing it. Like women are all about integrity. And I was like, yes, that is the mm-hmm. reason we are not wanting to fuck your brains out. Basically, you know, like or yeah. get intimate and, and get soft and intimate because it is, oh, I just had this big like, wow, yes, um, because I think our intimate moment in the bedroom is is such a delicate opening, such a sensitive, delicate opening mm-hmm. that we need the ultimate of integrity and trust to go there. Totally. And so anything, like it's about everything. It's not just about, okay, let's go do it. It's about everything, everything that goes on all day long, all week long, all our lives. Like it's, Yeah. Trust is everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so my answer to your question after a betrayal is, ah, look, I think there has to be a lot of repentance and there has to be uh, a deep kind of coming together as a team to get over this. I don't think it, it can be, um, okay, well, you need to recover from this or you need to recover from this. It has to be together. Um, has to be massively coming together as a team. Otherwise, it ain't going to work. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Trust is, yeah. especially like I personally know that when trust is such a huge thing for me and I know that was partially like, well, majoritarily why my marriage um, broke down is because when trust is such a high value and it's not as high and met with by someone else and then that keeps getting broken mm-hmm. and the resentment builds and all of this sort of thing and mm-hmm. I like you're not always meant to get over these things like that's yeah, yeah some yeah like you say, and, like, and you can be you can be really trying going I'm just maybe I just need to try a little bit more but in the end it's like it's not actually about you it's yeah. about them not actually being able to get there that's it to where you need in order to be really intimate and open with them. Yeah. I was, um, I saw this meme or something, I think it was yesterday, and it says, Mm -hmm. it was like the funniest thing, well, it's not that funny, but it was funny enough, Um, where (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it wasn't slapping my thigh funny, but I was like, oh, it made me think. Um, Like what is the most, the biggest turn on, that your what is something that your partner can do that turns you on like nothing else that has nothing to do with being in the bedroom and one oh, what woman a yeah. yeah and one the little thing was like when he reaches across to put his hand like he's reversing the car and he puts his hand on the you know the um, headrest mm-hmm. and turns around over his shoulder and this woman loses her mind anyway and I was like. <laughs> That's so true. That's hot as hell. Like when they're taking control of a situation and da da da, and those are the sorts of things that you know mm-hmm. build up and women pay attention to. And the same mm-hmm. thing is if they're saying that they're going to do something, and they do mm-hmm. it, it's like we we store it somewhere in our oh, little brain I, and our hot heart. As hell. Or like yeah. they do something cute with the kids and we store that as well. But they say one thing or do one thing to shatter that, it's like empty the jar. The jar, jar's all over the floor. Like, yes. you know. So. Well, yeah, and I think that's why um, we do fill up with resentment is because, you know, it's it's part of our wiring as humans to be negatively skewed. We have a negativity bias and uh, – you know, we notice all the things that mm. they are doing that are not perfect. And but we're uh, perfect, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we are. We're a delight, perfect. a fucking delight, twenty four seven. 
so amazing. And um, yes, but you know, when they're negatively skewed, we have what uh, Gottman calls negative sentiment override. And um, so basically, we notice everything that's wrong and not not the good. We don't notice the good. It's like it's not on our radar. Um, and this, you know, we're wired like this because the our ancestors who saw the bad, the problems, they're the ones who survived. We've got their wiring, you know, times all those generations. So we can um, blame someone. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's right. We'll just blame those <laughs> um, dudes out on the savannas. But, uh, you know, but I think that what we've got to do is actually go, okay, so that's how I'm naturally wired. That doesn't mean that's how I have to be. You know, I can overpower, I can rewire, I can teach myself to see good. I can remind myself to see good. It is there. It is there. Absolutely. I love that so much. It's like we can gather evidence for anything. Our brains are so phenomenal. And that's what they're doing all day, every day. We're like summing Mm -hmm. things up. We're putting things into little columns. We're compartmentalizing. And And we're we're often finding evidence for our beliefs. So we have a belief and we, we're scanning the world for evidence for that to be correct. Totally. You know, the safety in us kind of knowing where we are, you know, navigating with that. But often our beliefs are he's an asshole and he doesn't help and he doesn't care about me. So we're, we're scanning for all of that and missing the other stuff. You know, it's the same stuff as the gratitude, right? The, yep. the gratitude of just finding three things a day that you're grateful for. Um, it actually starts to reframe and your brain starts scanning for the good rather than the negative. And it can actually change everything, like the biochemistry of your being and and how supported you feel in the world. And, um, you know, massive. It's huge. It is huge. And it's our default setting that yeah. I've spoken about, I'm sure on here, maybe not, ranted about it somewhere probably yeah. several times. It's that we have the capacity to change our default setting at any stage. Mm. And, you know, I think you were just about to touch on it before. We get so attached to these stories and like with the resentment and the victimization and the that because it is, whether we like it or not, serving us in some way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And so it's like we are if if we are mad at someone or we've got a reason to blame them in our mind, I'm using like inverted commas, reason, like we've gathered evidence, then we don't have to um, take ownership of our part in anything or our pain is validated if we feel this or think this or, you know, and it's easier to stay stuck than what it is because that's just our thought process, what it has been, than what it is to change the channel. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I love that little summary of it all that's just there that you <laughs> <laughs> But it's um exactly it. It's it's you know, staying in your pain body and staying stuck in that and resentful and bitter, that's exhausting. It's exhausting. But it's easy. It's easy because it's, it's just it makes us it it elevates us to mm. the position of well, victim and victim, you know, like within our life and they should be worshipping the ground that we walk on and they aren't doing this. But it's like that's a pretty lonely, fluffing place to be up high on that high horse. But do you know what it comes back to? It's attachment style because Mm. I I kind of realised within myself that what I was most terrified of was intimacy. Like that was the big scary thing because you get close to someone, oh, my God, the more you open and the more you get close, like the more scary it is. Absolutely. Jesus, I am fully exposed, fully exposed. And then what if you get hurt again? Yeah, what if I get hurt? What if they don't actually love the real open version of me? Um. And so I realized that a lot of my relationship stuckness, like the uh, the resentment and the nagging and the being a bitch and the, um, the libido stuff was actually a screen that I'd put up to stop me from having to be that close. Oh, really close. that's just really got me as well. To have. 
really yeah. awful thought to have about yourself, but oh, oh awful the truth. true. That's so true. And I've just felt like my stomach's just gone donk. Like oh, knowing sorry, that, ladies. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you. Is what like it's so true because I know that that's it. Like it's easier to be mad than to be vulnerable. And yep, exactly. I mean, so much of it, like because it's like if I forgive and I or I soften or I lean into this, mm. then then what? If that doesn't work, then what? What does then that what? mean? Am I? Or if this what- does work. Yeah. Then what? Like, uh-huh. yeah. Where do we go from here? I don't have a roadmap for that. Like, yeah. you know, we're we're really, and and that's why I say it's attachment styles because we learn our attachment capacity. It's not our capacity. It's what we think is our capacity from our primary caregivers, from our moms, from our dads, you know, and um, and how how much our needs were met, how how much we were you know, uh, kind of nurtured and responded to when it, when we cried for help or we had a need, um, you know, and, and that is why it's scary here in adulthood because more often than not our primary caregivers weren't mind readers. No. <laughs> you know? And that whole generation of cried out like, yeah, that's right. We'll just shut you the know? door. Like, I'm sure my mother did that to me at some stage, but I love her now. It's not her fault. Um, And we all value sleep, so whatever. Um, I get that. But, yeah, okay. I'm like, if you could see me right now, I'm in, like, my vest and it's coming up like a turtle. Like, my head's going, my vest is now up around my ears. Like, I'm pulling it. Like, oh, Have you this shrunk? is so uncomfortable for me to realize all of this. But yeah, acknowledgement's yeah. the first step to changing it, isn't it? Absolutely. Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement and then discomfort yeah, and then, then <laughs> something. Something. And then something. Then some kind of an action plan. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm learning more about relationships since not being in one for two and a half years and the way that I've shown up in them and how I hope I've given great relationship advice by to my invisible boyfriend who doesn't exist yet. Um, I'd love to know. Tell me. Oh, what no, you... I'm already annoyed at him for not showing up. So that's <laughs> so we're already on the back foot. But but I think I think being between relationships is such a great opportunity to process isn't it like what was what was I what was my part in that and um yeah there's so much so much to process and that comes with time I think as well like I definitely wouldn't have been ready to get back into a relationship because I was too busy doing all the other things like raising children Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it and to focus not at all on me and how I'm showing up and have shown up so that hopefully I can be a little bit more conscious in the future. Well, Nicole, I don't, if you aren't booked out for relationship (laughs) coaching and like everything else after this, I don't know. Like I honestly, this has been such an amazing conversation. I guarantee the women of Simply Complicated, because well, if there is ever anything that's simply complicated, it's love and relationships. Oh, my God. Amen to that. They're oh. so simple and so freaking complicated. Yes. Oh, God. So oh, how, and, yeah. how do the ladies find you and how can they work with you? Okay, so they can find me on my website, which is nicolematheson.com. And on Instagram at relationship underscore smart underscore women. Is that right? Relationship I think so. smart women. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so they can join my workshops. I'm really enjoying because um, I come from a background of teaching as well. I'm really enjoying kind of teaching this stuff, like yeah. putting together these presentations and having them, you know, interactive with questions and. Yeah, um, journal prompts and stuff like that as online workshops. So, yeah, I'm putting together a series of those that you can come to live or you can just get the recording and go through it in your own time. Um, so, yeah, the next one is Release Resentment, 
Um, and that's uh, nicolematheson.com forward slash resentment to get a ticket for that. That's actually happening next week, but I don't know when you're releasing I'm going to – I reckon I might try and get this out today. <laughs> like I am loving this conversation. <laughs> Yeah. So much. I was like, okay, I'll pop this in next week, but I'm really excited about this chat. So oh, I think right. I'm well, going to try and get it out there today. It's, it's such a pleasure oh, for so me to talk about all this stuff that I'm just so passionate about in this way and with someone like you who I, I just believe really gets it. You know, you get. I, I love your message, Simply Complicated. And I love that you are basically giving us all permission to be human, like just oh. such a gift. Um, so thank you. you. And if we need to be human, one place we really need to be able to do it is, is in relationship. So, yeah. Great. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We're not always perfect. Um, oh. So, yeah, and uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I've got a little podcast of my own, but it's it's more just me jamming away on I'm not interviewing people at the moment I was so there's some interviews to go back to and that's called unbreakable love Ooh, yeah that I'm gonna look that one up because I guarantee there's some gold in there yeah there's some good ones but lately it's just me like basically chewing on a topic um and what else that's yeah and I've, I'm gonna. If people uh, want to keep in touch, they can join my mailing list. I'm actually gonna do some, you know, monthly free uh, relationship kind of. Uh, what am I gonna call it? I haven't thought of a name yet, but um, processing like goal, monthly goals, kind of Ooh. Uh, relationship stuff. So that can be whether you're in a relationship or not. Like just where you're at. And what are your moves towards in a way? And just, you know, a half-hour free session once a month. That's what I'm planning for anyone on my list. So come join me. Yeah, um, I am going to be on that list now. I'm going to go and hunt you down because I've been stalking you on Instagram and Facebook through the whole World Wide Web for years now. No, I've been stalking you for years. (laughs) We're creeps. Um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much nicole i'll put um links to where everyone can find you in the show notes and i guarantee you're going to get some new people after this i can't wait to welcome them in yay Uh, thanks thank you so much katie 